Hello, and welcome back to Indie Author Weekly. This is the podcast for indie authors, aspiring authors, and curious bookworms who want the inside scoop, tips and motivation, and the behind-the-scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. I'm your host, Sagan Morrow, or at Sagan Lives on Twitter and Instagram, and I am an anti-hustle productivity strategist and an author of polyamorous romantic comedies. Now, have you ever wondered how authors keep going with a tough book project? Or maybe you are a writer and you aren't sure if it's time to quit a project. Well, that is exactly what we are addressing on today's episode of Indie Author Weekly. But first, don't miss an episode. You can now get all Indie Author Weekly podcast episodes plus book and writing updates delivered directly to your inbox each week at saganmorrow.com slash behind the scenes. Link is in the show notes. Now let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly podcast. Today, I want to share an update on my current rom-com work in progress, Small Town Stilettos, A Modern Marriage of Convenience. You can find it on Goodreads for the blurb and sneak peek excerpts, and also to add it to your want to read list. Now, if you have listened to previous episodes here on IndieWalk Author Weekly, you may know that I have been quote unquote working on Small Town Stilettos on and off for over a year. It's a story that I adore, and it's also been mired with a lot of life changes and confidence issues and just all kinds of stuff. I had an awesome breakthrough just in the last couple of weeks on this novel while I was working on it. So here's what happened. I was sitting down with my manuscript, sorting through ideas, and I decided to begin reading it from the beginning. And that's when I realized that the first chapter wasn't that great. It actually felt flat, lackluster. For a while now, I've been toying with the idea of submitting this manuscript to an agent, and the particular agent that I was looking into is open to queries right now. They specifically request the first chapter of an author's manuscript. So when they're deciding if they're going to represent an author or not, they view, they review the first chapter. So as I was rereading the first chapter of Small Town Stilettos, and I realized that it was a little flat and lackluster, I asked myself, if I were the agent, would I want to represent this novel? And my answer was, eh, probably not. (laughs) The first chapter wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Like I said, it felt flat. Now, this is a point where it is really tempting to just chuck the whole book out. I have been there before. If you are a writer, I'm guessing you've been there too. You're working on a book, it's something you've put a lot of time and energy into, and one day you realize, oh, this isn't what I wanted it to be. Now what? It's an interesting and pivotal moment. We get to make an important decision. Is this book worth continuing on when there might still be a ton more work to do? Or is it time to just let it go 
because I don't want to put in the amount of effort that's required to get it to where I want it to be. (sighs) That's tough. That is not a fun feeling to have. And yet, another part of me actually loves this moment, or after the fact, (laughs) loves the moment, (laughs) because it brings to light that which we hadn't been paying attention to before, or that which we just didn't see before. If I didn't have this moment with small town stilettos, I might have been stuck with a fairly weak first chapter by the time that publishing day comes around. And who wants that, right? So if I had left the chapter the way it was and submitted it to the agent, I assume they would not have represented it. (laughs) And then I would have self-published and I would have self-published it with a weak chapter because I wouldn't have realized that it was weak. And this is the thing, right? It always was flat. It's just about realizing it. And I think that's one of the difficult parts about these pivotal moments is that when we realize it, when we're in that moment, we realize, well, it was always like this. Now it's just occurring to me. And it's hard because it's not great to have these realizations, but if we don't recognize it, then it's worse because then we're just stuck with that flat chapter. We can't do anything about it. Now, this experience is not something that only happens to authors. We all experience this kind of thing in our personal or professional lives at some point or another. It's the turning point. Do you keep going? Or do you say that enough is enough? It's okay to say that enough is enough. I want to make that very clear right now. It is okay to decide that you do not want to carry on and keep moving forward with a given project. Again, whether that's writing a book or something in your personal life or with your professional work. But unless we are willing to experience these moments, to acknowledge these moments and to actively make the decision, we won't be able to make the best choices for ourselves. So what did I do when I had this experience with small town stilettos? I'm not going to lie. I had that moment of wondering, do I just give up on this story? And the truth is I really didn't want to. So I asked myself, okay, Sagan, what would make this first chapter really awesome? What exactly is wrong with it? And what would make me, as the reader, want to keep reading the rest of the story? And my answer came pretty immediately. What was missing from the first chapter was dialogue. Dialogue is my strong suit. With this novel, it's the first time I'm writing a book in in first person. And because of that, I assumed that the inner monologue would negate the importance of dialogue in my stories. (laughs) But that's a big nope. My main character, Margaret Peggy Malcolm, is pretty snarky. And something about her level of snark and also my writing style makes her a much funnier and a much more likable character when she's interacting with other characters rather than if we are just relying on her being internally snarky with her inner monologue. This is something that was brought to my attention a draft or two ago with the manuscript, but I don't think I realized 
just how extremely important it was until rereading the first chapter this time around. And there was some dialogue in this first chapter, but not really for the first half of the first chapter. It was mostly her inner monologue. Now, when we have been working on a story for a while, as I have with this one for over a year, sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that we need to keep a particular scene the way it is. And in this instance, I found myself in a dilemma. I really liked the opening scene with Margaret arriving alone in the small lake town and her first impressions of the apartment that she'll be living in. It would have been easy for me at this pivotal moment to say, oh, I need to just scrap this entire scene. Or conversely, oh, well, I guess the opening scene just won't be that good, right? That would have been really easy for me to say one of those things. Instead, I asked myself, how can I have the best of both worlds? How can I keep this concept for the opening scene, but add more punch to it? How can I add dialogue to this opening scene so that Margaret has more dimension, so that the story is funny and light and engaging right from the, be- from the beginning? That's when I realized I could take a later scene I had already written and combine it. I could move it forward, combine it with this opening scene. So that's exactly what I did. The story now opens with Margaret arriving alone in this little lake town, just like it used to, but now she's on the phone with her best friend. So she's not just having the inner monologue. She's having a dialogue, a conversation with her best friend on the phone. What I love about this change is we are introduced to her friend right away, and her friend is an important character in the book. And they're able to have a conversation about why Margaret is in the town without her narrating everything to the reader. You get the humor right away, and you're curious about the story immediately on the very first page. And now, It is a great opening scene, like legit great. (laughs) I am so happy with how it turned out. In fact, this first chapter is now my absolute favorite first chapter that I have ever written. I don't know how someone could pick up this book and read that opening scene or even the full first chapter without wanting to read the rest of the story without just being like, oh my God, I need to find out what happens next in this book. The whole first opening scene, the entire first chapter is now so good and so strong. I love it. So as a result of this pivotal moment and breakthrough, I have decided to work through the rest of the manuscript very systematically from here. I am working on each chapter in order until I'm as satisfied with it as with the first chapter, right? And so I'm working on the drafts rewrites like that all the way through. So working on chapter two, and when I'm fully satisfied with chapter two, it's just as good and strong as chapter one, then moving on to chapter three, reworking chapter three until it's just as really awesome as chapter one and chapter two, and then moving on to chapter four. I'm moving through the entire manuscript in this very systematic fashion like that. I have a lot of things going on with my life and my business right now, as we all do, all the time, right? 
So because I have quite a few other business commitments and things like that, I am making a point of working on small town stilettos every weekday morning right now before I officially start the rest of my workday. As you know, when I'm not writing novels, I am a productivity strategist and success coach. And what I'm doing with this manuscript is to apply my productivity and success strategies to writing this book. So for example, rather than committing myself to a full hour of writing every morning, I'm instead focusing on a particular question. Is the story better now than when I sat down this morning? So it might be an hour later, or it might be 10 minutes later. If the answer is yes, the story is better now than when I first sat down. In that case, then I just, I carry on with my day. The amount of time that we spend on something does not automatically equal progress, okay? Some mornings, I will have a great breakthrough and adjust just a few sentences and the story is already better. Other times, I decide to rework whole scenes, in which case it takes more time before I'm satisfied with that morning's progress. This particular method of writing is working great for me right now, so I will keep doing it as long as it keeps working, and I really like that it gives me an opportunity to keep making progress on my novel every single day without it feeling like it's really daunting or anything like that, and without it taking away from the other commitments that I have going on in my life and my business right now. By the way, I have some superpowers at this kind of thing. My university degree is in rhetoric, and basically that entire department is about critiquing and developing really good analytical skills. And as a productivity strategist and success coach, I am very good at identifying exactly what you are doing wrong, why you are doing it wrong, and how we can fix it. Just like I did with this first chapter of Small Town Stilettos. So if that's something that you need help with in your personal or professional life, then just send me an email, hello at saganmorrow.com, and we can book your productivity strategy and success coaching session. All right, that, my friend, is a wrap for today's episode of Indie Author Weekly. As always, you can access the show notes for this episode, including all links and additional resources at saganmorrow.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please take two minutes to rate and review Indie Author Weekly on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate your support. Until next week, this is Sagan Morrow, signing off the Indie Author Weekly Podcast.